Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday! I hope that you have had the most amazing week. Now, I'm gonna keep it real. My week, hmm, has had some highs and some lows, but I'm not gonna talk about me just too much because there's been a lot going on, and I wanna talk about something that I hope will be ex- extremely encouraging. You know how when you make decisions in your life and you do things, you just don't understand sometimes why you made the decision that you made. You know, and I would hope for the most of us that we make decisions according to what we feel is the best, the best decision for us at the time. And if we make these best decisions for ourselves, sometimes as we get older and we get a little bit wiser, we realize that that probably wasn't the best situation overall. You know, there could have been more factors that could have been taken into consideration, but don't lose hope. There are times when I feel like even the bad decisions that we make can sometimes help to be a covering for us. When you get to the right place, you'll realize that everything that you went through, good, bad, or the different, was all there to help you to get to your best self. So before we get into that deep, deep conversation, and I hope again that it's encouraging to you because I know we could all use a douse of encouragement. I want to welcome all of the newbies. That means people who have never, 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 never turned into conversations with Toy. I am Toy, obviously the podcaster. I am also a content creator. I talk about lifestyle and mental health and wellness of which we cover here or I cover here on this podcast. I talk about the ways that we can be better to ourselves, the ways in which we are doing the very best and the things that we can do to improve. There are times in these conversations that we have that I will make you laugh. There are things that may be deep. There are things that may be about these internet streets because y'all be doing the most. But whatever we talk about, it is overall trying to encourage. If you listen to the introduction of the of the podcast, it's talking about things that we all go through. We all go through our triumphs. We all go through our lows. And with those highs and those lows, it's about taking care of us and doing the best that we can. So without any further ado, let's talk about what's happening on these internet streets because the way these internets have been interneting, it's a lot happening. Now this Risa Tisa, Risa Tessa, I think it's Risa Tisa. It's a 50 plus part discussion on how it's called Who Did I Marry? And it's literally a journey into this woman who got scammed, bewildered, and lied upon and upon and upon and upon by this gentleman who his name is Legion. My God, let's just break his name all the way down. So his name is Legion. He lived in Philadelphia, somehow moved in with her and she lives in Atlanta. All of these different levels of lies. Now I'm going to have to break down. I'm not breaking down every single thing. I'm just going to hit you with the cliff notes. They got together and started talking to each other, I believe on the internet before the panoramic. So once the panoramic hit, then they decided that, okay, you can just move in here with me. He's telling her that he is a CFO or some type of vice president or something, some big wig at, you know, this organization. I have to say this, and this is not to blame Risa. She is a woman just like any of us. And if you are a young woman or even a young man, and you know, you have gotten got by somebody in your past, 
We are nowhere near at any capabilities of judgment. This judgment isn't for Risa. This judgment is just a judgment on Legion. Now, first of all, I, I know my PKs can hear me clearly. Back in the day, not even back in the day, the Bible, it talks about a man named Legion who basically was full of demons so that the, when Jesus came to go cast that, that basically the demon out, that's the spirits that were in the man named Legion went into um, a bunch of pigs, drove the pigs were acting like they were crazy doing all the most. This man's name is Legion. Okay. That right there is a full stop moment. Your name is Legion, sir. I'm going to know right off the bat that first of all, at this point, anything can go at this point. Any and everything is, is, is nothing off limits. Your name is Legion. You have probably babysat and Tootsie Roll with the devil at this level. The name is Legion. Okay. So then I went and dug a little further and seen the photos. When I seen the photos, my God, I tell you, it took everything in me because I was like, this man looks like a Philly scammer. Now, if you live in Philadelphia, like I live in Philadelphia, you may as a man be listening to this and say, oh my God, don't do us like that. Sorry, sir. <laughs> listening. Sorry, ma'am. Uh, Legion looks every bit of what I would expect a Philly dude who's out here scamming to look like everything about him. It's like a Philly fit. Okay. And then he moved to Atlanta. So that's already three, four, five uh, red flags. Now she, Tessa, Ressa, Ressa, Risa, Ressa, I think it's Ressa, Tessa. So Ressa has already just already said, listen, the red flags was there. She ignored them. She takes full, and I mean, absolutely full accountability. There are so many layers to this story. So many layers. Like what type of demented person you have to be to pretend you're talking to your brother who you haven't spoken in years, act like you're calling him, put the phone in the air and then have your at one point girlfriend, but slash wife at some point they had gotten married and they had gotten pregnant and then they lost the baby. It was a, it's, it's a, it's a wild story. So if you have not watched who did I marry, I adjure you to go and watch all 50 plus stories. Listen, these are like 10 minute videos at best. 50 stories, 10 minutes, you do the math. All I'm telling you is some people said it took them four hours to complete it from start to finish. When I, by the time I caught wind to it, I didn't even realize that Legion had been found out. Like I was slow in the draw to even figure out that he had been found out. But I promise you, if you go back and you find Legion on TikTok or whatever, I promise you, whatever you had in the back of your mind, when you wrote out a paint and you painted your picture, you may not even be good at art. But when you went to go paint a picture of what he would look like, I promise you, he fits the absolute build. So we go from the fact that we have Legion again demons devils foolishness i believe his mama must have known he wasn't shit like his mama had to have known because she named this man this boy legion okay it's like certain names you just can't give kids like i remember my mom she used to work at a dental office as a dental assistant this was years i'm talking about i might have been in junior high basically or barely and she said that there was a kid and she went to read the name off the thing you know your kids are in the waiting room and you call that the patient's name and she was just like satan no, she said Satan. She thought it was like, she's like, it has to be something French because there's no way I'm about to call him Satan. The mom got up and correct him. It's Satan. Immediately, immediately, we got more than red flags. We got the Hail Marys. I'm like, what's happening around here? So this man named Legion already done, his name already done told himself. Uh, one of the things that I want to say that I do admire from Ressa is that she was able to get her stuff the hell out of there. Listen, I'm going to keep this 100. 
there's a lot of times when we get into these relationships, we deny every red flag. There's people have a shirt, a t-shirt and a banner with some balloons and we ignore every bit of it. But the fact that she honored herself and got the hell out of Dodge is absolutely amazing. And not only did she get the hell out of there, newsflash, he has two other wives, I believe. So this man was out here doing the most. He was out here doing the most. You understand me? Um, there has to be some type of mental health disconnect. There has to be something going on for you to put a phone in the air and make your wife or girlfriend or whomever think that you're speaking to your brother. Assume your brother's part of your brother's uh, uh, identity and con your way into these women's lives. The real victims are the women. It's Ressa. It's the two other wives. It's the children that, because these other wives had kids. These, child, I need y'all to go watch this. Listen, it is a masterclass on one, ask all the questions and trust your gut. Trust your gut. Now, I don't want to pass judgment, but we're already in this judgment way. So we might as well go all the way in. When I looked at the pictures and he said that he was some big wig or vice president of some company, ain't nothing about that man that said company. Ain't nothing about that man that said, I'm I'm the leader, I'm the head and not the tail. Ain't nothing about that man that said, you know what? This man is out here doing his thing. Absolutely nothing about him. Nothing. Do you understand me? All the pictures that he was showing her, like of the cars that he had, I promise you, it is a key key, but it's a, it's a, it's a teaching moment. Absolutely nothing about this man suggested to me that he was the one doing his thing. I will stand on that. There's nothing about this man. I got no like, ooh, that man's out here killing in the game. I got none of those vibes. When I saw the cars that he was, I guess, telling her that he had, they looked like he had scrubbed them from the internet. I thought to myself, my God, what is happening? Um, I'm just telling you right now, there's nothing about that man that made me feel that way. I didn't feel in my spirit like, you know, I could see where she, where she got got. Like she admits what she got got. Like she admits she she just, you know, she ignored it. But physically, just looking with my one eye, like if I had one eye closed and I just squinted a little bit, I just can't see that for him. I, I don't know how Legion was able to pull the same stunt with this many people. But listen, I'm so mad at the girl that actually dimed out who he was because I felt like that put her at risk. Thank God she is trying to do her thing and, you know, moving on. And she's going to Paris, y'all. She's going to Paris and London. Now, one thing I'm like, girl, why you tell everybody you're going to Paris and London? Because, you know, we want to go with you, but like kind of tell us after the fact, because we don't want to know where you're at every single second. But then I'm like, reseeing like that Legion ain't getting no passport. Ain't nothing about Legion that said he's getting a passport. So go ahead, girl, let him know. Um, the other part of it is that, again, I just, mm, it's a masterclass. It's it's a masterclass. It's 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 comedic in some points. It's sad in some other points. It's frustrating in some other points. But again, whether you feel whatever you feel about her, let me just say she did what she needed to do. She did not stay in this marriage, this sham of a marriage, for twenty thousand years. She didn't stay there and try to work it out and you know duke it out. And you know it's interesting. A lot of the men's response to the situation has been. Well, oh, well, that she, you know, he lied to her. You, why would he, why would she leave him just because he left or because not because he left or why would she leave him just because he lied? That's all he, that's it. That's the only reason why she threw the marriage away. And I'm like, what else was she supposed, sirs, if you know any man that's in your personal circle and they make excuses for Legion, first of all, just remember two things. His name is Legion. 
And the man that's making excuses for this man has to be capital trash. Like Legion and the man that you heard that says something like, oh, that's such a big deal. That's not a big deal. I don't understand why that, I don't understand why she would have left him. Please mark that man. Tell all your friends about that man. Please scream on the mouth tap, man. Legion and whomever is agreeing with him are absolutely trash. I can't see it. There's no, I can't see past it. So it's a masterclass on one, how to trust your gut. Two, how to uh, background background search these folks. Um, number three, and if you get in something, just know you can always get something and get them hecked out of there. Listen, I, I don't get it. It literally has to be a demented person to go through the levels. Like he went to the extreme of levels to cover his bases. You have to have a mental health problem. You cannot convince me that you do. But in still, because I don't believe in weaponizing mental health, regardless of whatever his issues were, regardless of whatever his reasons were, Legion, we gonna pray for you. Like I'm putting you at the top of the prayer list. Like if there was levels for the things that have been going on on the internet, let's go ahead and put him at the top. Okay, put him at the absolute top because I am on the state of confusion. I am confusion. I don't understand how this could have happened. Again, Ressa Risa has taken full responsibility, and that's all that we can ask. She's on her way up. She's like Georgia Weezy, just moving on up. And I'm here for all of her successes. I pray nothing but peace. I pray she finds love. I pray that she gets all the things. But I do want to talk about one serious topic when it does come to this. I need everybody. Listen, I'm a PK, so I feel like I have five seconds of authorization to say this. I need you to lean in, lean in wherever you listen to this at and hear me clearly. If you are a PK, which is a preacher's kid, and or you have grown up in five seconds of church, I really don't care what level you are. Please stop telling women to stay in these raggedy ass marriages just because that wouldn't be the will of the Lord. You can't tell somebody that. I'm not staying in an abusive situation. I'm not staying so that everybody don't look at me wrong and have one side eye. You're going to have a side eye no matter what happens. Listen, don't let these pastors and preachers tell you that you should stay in some mess because that's going to be what God honored. There's no way God is a, 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 a God of confusion. So when you find that you're talking to somebody like Legion, who is a, the master of confusion, and he won't even tell you straight, I need you to go down to the people and go ahead and press your paperwork. Go put your paperwork in. Go ahead and do it. Now, I'm not telling you to leave your man. Don't come to me because I can't pay your divorce fees. I got my own issues. I can't help you. But what I can say is this. Don't let somebody tell you or gaslight you long enough to be in some marriage because it's not the Christian thing to do. Because you're going to sit up there and be miserable for 20, 11 years. And then at the end decide, oh, shoot, I should have trusted myself and prayed on it. Let God himself lead me. God is not going to tell you to stay in that marriage like that. Not no man named Legion. Not no man named John and Billy and Bob and nobody else. I'm telling you, you better do what's best for you. Pray on it and let the Lord lead you. Because if you stay in something that's already irrelevantly broken, just because you just want to be a good Christian sister or a good Christian wife, let me stop you there. There are no such things. You only owe your legion to God and you can't be messing up by name legion. Okay. The other um, crazy story that happened this week on the internet web, these internet streets was that Wendy Williams has a form of dementia. That's like an aggressive form, almost like what's his name? Um, and I see his face. I just can't think of it. I'll come back to him. But the point of it is, is that it's pretty sad to see how she has gone from being on the top of all the things to now 
being in a, a facility that we're still trying to figure out where the hell she is and then having her life just be so turned upside down you can clearly see that she's not in her right mind but there is a clip that is floating on the internet and the one thing that i noticed was that she still said kevin hunter now i don't know if she was calling out her son jr or her husband but it made me think that if she's still considering and still wanting to know where her ex-husband is it's amazing that that means that you could give your life and I mean your whole life as strong as you can to your whole husband and do all the things. And at the end of the day, you're literally not even having it in your right mind. And that's the last thing that I want to be thinking about is that. Because remember, Wendy and, and Kevin is not married. He was cheating on her for a thousand and one years and had a baby with another woman that she was financing. And then karma came in and was like, not nah, so. And we went about our way. And now she's unfortunately in a situation that she's in. I pray peace for her. I am so afraid that I would ever get something like dementia um, or something to that Alzheimer's or something like that. And I can't remember who I am. Like, it's a scary thought for me. And to know that she's going through that, it has to be scary because especially when you're so vocal, when you're telling your story, when you're, you know, being a light for other people and using your voice. And to think that one day, all of this, that you wouldn't remember anything. This is exactly why I feel like I'm going to keep blogging and keep doing these podcasts because it becomes a part of my story. And I would hate for me to get to the point where I don't remember that, but I want people to remember me telling people to encourage people to do their best. I want people to remember me in a good light. And I want to be able to remember and look back at that too. So we pray for Wendy because I mean, the clip that I saw with um, Angela White, AKA used to be Black China. It literally, it, it, it got to me and I was like, my God. My God, she is just literally going through it. So regardless of how you feel about Wendy and how she used to tell it like it is, we don't even have the Whitney Wendy Williams anymore. We have people on the TikTok and the internet that's trying to do the same thing, but it don't have the same effect. So we needed people like her. All right, now on to today's topic. I was thinking about it this week. I was washing the dishes and I remember... My freshman year, first semester. Now, you know, when you were freshman, you don't know nothing about this campus. I knew a little bit because I had taken a summer program before. So I knew just about where to go, different things. So it was a couple things that I knew. But when you're a freshman, you're new on campus. You're trying to find your way. The biggest adjustment to college for me wasn't really just the educational part about it. It was like the social freedom for me because my parents, listen, they had me knee deep in somebody's church. I went to church Tuesdays, Fridays. So Tuesday was Bible study. Friday night was service. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday was choir rehearsal. I was an usher. I was on the tape ministry. My parents did almost everything that could be done in the church. So let's just say I was in there maybe five days out of the, out of seven, five out of seven days of the week in church, somebody's church, because we had two services on Sunday. God forbid it would be a youth night on a Saturday. So I was just in the building. Like I pretty much held the walls up at this point. And so growing up so deeply and so contained and not being able to do things and experience life and, you know, make mistakes while I was at home, it turned me to the whole another gamut of being out here buck wild in the, in the handbasket and ready to do my thing in college. So I say all that to say freshman year, I go and I, I took a religious class. Now, in my mind, when I signed up for it, I was just like, oh, this looks cool. I didn't discover until I was already in the class that somehow the system allowed me to register as a first semester freshman as a graduate student religious class. This class met once a week on a Thursday. I remember from six to nine. 
when the first day that I showed up, everybody was older than me. I was the youngest in the entire bunch. And I remember the professor saying, I think you need to come out of this class and go and talk to somebody tomorrow and try to get you to get out of this class because this is a graduate graduate level class. And so I said to him, I said, well, can I just sit in the class and let me just get a feel for what's going on and then I can go from there. He let me sit in the class. I participate in everything. Um, I think our class, we were focused on Paul. And since I was a PK, I had been in church my entire life. Like when I say again, five out of the seven days, I was in the house of God. So I knew my Bible, I knew the scripture and I knew like the theology of church. So I, I understood it. I understood the depth, the depth of it, all the things. Don't you know about the time the class ended? He said, listen, if you can handle doing 10 page papers every week and handle the, the, the writing that has to be done with this, you can actually just stay in the class because I think this is a perfect place for you. So shout out to parents and them for teaching me something because it, it worked out. Now, I took this class, like I said, it was Thursdays. It was once a week from six to nine. I did everything that was needed to be done. Every week I had 10 page papers. I was on top of it. I made sure I cited all my work. It was very in-depth conversations. We had to basically debate ourselves every week. It was an amazing class. Now, as a freshman first year, first semester, having a graduate level class and having an A in it, that thing boosted my my uh, GPA all the way up. Now, let's fast forward to the fact that I believe at the end of sophomore year, either the middle or the end of sophomore year, I changed majors. For most people, when you change major, that means that you're going to be in school for maybe an extra year. However, I was determined to get out on time. Then let's fast forward again, because you have all these thoughts and plans. I'm going to change my major. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to graduate on time. Then I end up getting into a car accident with my boyfriend at the time, who is my now husband. He ended up, he was a driver and he drove or not drove into, but we jacked the, the tractor trailer in front of us, jackknife, and we hit the back of the tractor trailer and he got some severe injuries and I dislocated my entire shoulder to the point where I had to have pins placed in them to keep my arm afloat and then go to physical therapy and all these things. So I ended up, my advisor said to me, listen, I think you should just withdraw from the whole semester. But I was like, nah, let's see what my grades are. And if I need to repeat something because my grade is bad, I'll just repeat it. And that's exactly what I did. I think I did fine. And like, maybe if I had six classes, I did good in four and two had to be repeated or do whatever. So after I spent most of the semester recovering from surgery, going through the physical therapy, then having to go back and having the pins taken out, it was a thing. Eventually I just made up in my mind that I was going to just work hard. So I started taking 19 credit loads every semester. And then I did one summer, I did the entire summer sessions. So summer sessions at Penn State at the time was three individual sessions. I don't know how many weeks they were, but they were like intense weeks. I did the entire summer there at Penn State and that's how I was able to graduate on time. But looking back on that graduate level class, it's literally what kept me afloat from when I got into that accident and my grades, the two classes almost slipped or I, they went lower and I just repeated the classes because I wanted a higher grade. But it was that graduate level class that literally anchored me. It anchored me even in the midst of me changing my schedule. It anchored me literally when I could have had to do a whole nother year. I should have done another year at Penn State. I'm going to be honest with you. Most people do not take a, a 19 credit load. I took a 19 credit load and I had two jobs. I was working two jobs 
and a 19 credit load and I was kicking it my behind and I was still actively social I was at the parties I was doing my thing I still had my boyfriend I was doing my thing so I really don't know that was just really the grace of God but I had to work my butt off and I'm talking about that in regards to the decisions that we make when we feel like it was too much it was literally too much for me to as a freshman student year student first semester to be taking a graduate level class. Like, you know, first freshman year, you're literally focused on like, again, social socializing, having this newfound freedom and what to do with that freedom. And here I am taking a graduate level class, not realizing that that one decision, which was a mistake, it literally was an actual mistake. When my advisors caught onto the mistake and my professors was like, no, she can stay. They were like, we don't even know how the system allowed it. A freshman should have never been able to even register. That class shouldn't even have come onto the thing, onto the, to my options, but it came on there and I was able to somehow bypass the system somehow and was able to take that class. So it could look like for me, it looked like a mistake. It looked like something that could have been overwhelming. It looked like something that would have taken me out because I, if I would have gotten a bad grade in that class, that would have anchored me completely down just as much as it anchored me up. Do you hear me saying? Do you understand? So that's why my professor at the time was very like, he made sure, and he did not, let me tell you something. He did not give me an A. I earned that A. He made me work for it, but he definitely made sure that he watched because if he thought that at any point during the the drop period that I wasn't able to handle it, he would have just helped me get out of the class. But again, in hindsight, I didn't think about that. But as I was washing the dishes this week, I thought to myself, isn't it amazing how one situation that doesn't make sense should have never have happened, how much it can anchor you for your future, literally anchored me for my future. I didn't know I was going to change majors. My freshman year, I had no idea, no thought process of changing my, my major. Um, and I was actually extremely scared when I changed my major, because again, I didn't want to have to stay at Penn state another year, even though, even though most of my friends, including my boyfriend at the time, who's my now husband, was there, um, I believe at least a semester or, or at least a, once per, my husband was there, it was a boyfriend at the time was there for at least a semester after me and everybody else was there for a year. So I could have been, I would have been in great company, but it was the principal. I just didn't want to be back on campus that long. I was like, I'm ready to be out of here. If I said I'm graduating four years, I'm graduating four years. That was just my personality. Then it is still my personality. Now, if something can be done, I want to work hard. I want to get to it. And that's what happened. And as I was washing dishes this week, I said that one decision that made legitimately no sense was the anchor that I needed. Now, let's fast forward to, I'm not going to go into detail, but let's fast forward to a few years ago. Like if I have a situation where I feel like mentally and emotionally, this is talking about my mental health when we're talking about anxiety or depressive moods or whatever the case may be. Isn't it amazing that you can fall 2011 times in something where you overreact or you underreact or you do the most in a situation? And then it's like one day you wake up and you say, you know what? I'm going to have the response that I know I should have had before because I'm not going to allow whatever it is that's happening in my life to try to take over. I'm not going to allow what's ever happening in my life to like get me to the point where I lose like emotional or physical ground. Losing ground, if you have never been in church, means like I'm not going to allow myself to be unsuccessful. I'm not going to allow myself to basically take steps back, especially when I know that I can do the work to prevent it. 
And I remembered the many a times, like in my, especially like in my postpartum depression, if you've never heard me talk about it, I, the first time I ever went to therapy was based upon postpartum depression. I had just moved to Philadelphia. I had a one, two year old, like she might've been like 18 months. I moved from my hometown, small hometown to this big city. I'm in my husband's mother's house or at the time my fiance's mother's house. Everything about the situation wasn't perfect. I am struggling and floundering, wanting to have a certain support system, didn't have it, didn't also make myself available to have it. Like as much as I want to blame people for not being there, quote unquote, for me, I didn't make it easy for anybody to want to be there for me. But when you're in the midst of postpartum depression, you can't see logically. You don't think logically. You don't think about the decisions that you're making. You don't think about the way that you're giving off a certain energy and people are reading into that energy. So there's no reason for them to change or be there for you. I take full responsibility for that. But fast forward to now, it's those moments when I felt like I was completely out of control, where I was feeling like I was out of my mind, which I honestly could have been. But it's those moments that when you get older, as you gravitate towards bigger things that are happening in your world, you learn to respond to them in a different sight. Because this week I have been under the hugest determination that I refuse to give people energy that don't deserve it or de facto giving energy and then having to recover from that. Let me tell you what that means. If you've ever dealt with anxiety, anxiety is like something that just sits on your like it's almost like the devil and the angel that sits on your shoulder it's literally feeding you information that information doesn't have to be right you take a situation that happened and it goes way overboard you put all this energy behind it you're telling yourself it's the worst thing since sliced bread you are literally telling yourself that it's going to be the thing that takes you out but when you are in you get a moment to really get clarity while you're in the midst of a struggle you realize that if you were just take five seconds to just respond differently that the situation can turn, whether it's in your favor or not, it doesn't have to necessarily fully take you all the way out. And I've learned through times of overreacting, I've learned during times of like going off the deep end and being so paranoid or having all these anxiety moments take over that at some point, at some point, I cannot still react the same way. And that has been the saving grace that I'm telling you right now. I will eventually tell this story, but for right now, what I can say is that has been the saving grace as to why I am choosing to think differently, how I'm choosing to respond differently, how I'm even taking the time to even consider other people's thoughts and processes during my own situation right now. So if you've discovered that you just don't understand why certain things are happening or you're just like, I don't get it. I'm just here as living proof that even in your kitchen while you're washing dishes, you can go back and remember something that did not make sense, made no sense whatsoever and find that it literally was the anchor, that it was really the support system or that something was going to help you to see something in a different light way down the line. I graduated in 2003. It is now 2023. We are talking about at least 20 years. Okay. 20 years plus 21 years of being out of being my first day in college and knowing that something that just never made sense would be on my mind that much longer and make me remember the fact that who was I to be in something that was that was too big for me, that was considered too big for me. And that's something like that happens in our lives. Sometimes we get in situations that seem like it's too big for us. And eventually we realize that later on that it was a protection. 
Something there is going to be a part of your life and a part of your world. Something is going to make you think your future self later is going to think about how you made a decision that it helped your future self. And I think about how the fact that something so small as that class that anchored me made me remember about that anchor and the things that I have going on right now, I said, you know what? I needed that reminder. I needed that reminder that whatever I've been through, the good, the bad, and the difference, that it would literally anchor me. It will. And I know that when you're in your mental health state, something happens and you're overwhelmed, you're overspended, you know, you have done all the things and you feel like it's just not enough. You just have so much going on in your world and you'll sit there and you'll say, I can't, I don't understand how this is going to work out for me. And I don't feel like I'm going to get to a better place. I'm always telling people all the time, I can't talk about your mental health, right? I can't talk about your challenges. What I can talk about is me. I'm a master of me. And what I know is the things that I have been through literally, honestly, should have taken me out. Really, I think about the times where I thought, man, somebody is going to end up raising my own kids because I can't just gather my thoughts together and people are going to finally see like how much of a struggle that I'm in. And I realized the fact that those moments were so debilitating for me. But as I look back now and I'm giving my all and all the things that I'm doing and trying my very best at whatever I put my hands to, all of those thoughts and process were truly, truly a temporary feeling. I've had some bad things happen in life, like things that were, a lot of things were my reason, my fault. You know, I played my part in it, right? And then there's just things that happen because life be life in. But I am so grateful for the anchor that comes and reassures me every now and again that at my lowest it doesn't have to be the worst. When I was start, I, I don't know if anybody knows about this, but I had done Weight Watchers a few years ago and it's how I lost a lot of weight. I'm just going to tell you this. I don't really care what product, what system you use. It's really not about the system. It's about you because regardless of the Weight Watchers, like I'm not taking Weight Watchers now, but I can tell you the things, the lessons and the things that I've learned while doing that program wasn't about the program. It wasn't about the program. It was about reprogramming my mindset around the healthiness of food, Right. I'm going somewhere with this. So as I thought about the program and how I learned about certain things about myself, eventually you learn about the how you should see yourself in the way you choose to eat food or the way you choose to socialize around food. And one of the things that they taught us right from the gate is that sometimes your successes aren't, aren't going to be on scale successes, which means we had to weigh ourselves once a day, every single day. And you write down your number in the book, right? And there would be days that I would do all this working out and I would drink water and I would eat all the things. And I felt like, okay, the next morning I would gain two pounds or I would gain such a pounds or I would have a mental or emotional setback. But they taught us that your off the scale goals and your off the scale wins will be the wins that will propel you to continue going. It's like getting in a pair of jeans, even though the scale is telling you that there ain't no way in hell you should be in them. But you go to zip up that thing and you ain't got to jump like Beyonce said to, to get into your jeans as much as you did before. It's an off scale win. There are times when in the midst of the the program where. I would go somewhere and somebody would be like, oh, I noticed how, you know, I just, you're looking really healthy and you're looking really good. And you'd be just like, you know, it makes you smile a little bit. But they would tell us that even in our worst situation, our, our, our bad isn't how our, what we used to be. Meaning that we can make a million and one mistakes, eat the, you know, the thing that we told ourselves we weren't going to eat because there's never a wrong thing. It's just how you eat it. Right. And you could do these different things, but it's not 
going to be the thing that takes you out. It's not your worst. So even in your bad moments that you have now that you know better and you're trying to do better, it won't recognize, it won't be the worst. And sometimes in life, we have these anchors that are placed in our lives that again, during the time does not make sense. During the time when I was at dealing with my postpartum depression, because I went through, I believe, I honestly believe I went through with all three, but specifically with the last two and more than my son, my middle child, I feel like the lessons that I learned during that moment really have helped me in the times when life feels dark. And I'm just going to tell you, because we're literally about to step into spring for all of the people who have dealt with seasonal depression this season, I'm telling you, because you are not by yourself. Every lesson that I've learned has been able to, to basically anchor me. Every time I've looked and tried to say, okay, this is not a good day. The sun's not shining. It's super raining. That's messing up your mood. I was like, let me do the things that I've learned. Let me open up my blinds to trick my mind into thinking that it's daylight a little longer. Let me use my artificial light because again, these things are helping. These are lessons. These are tools. These are stepping stones that literally help us to become that much better. And your future self is going to thank you for the work that you put in. It's going to thank you for every heartbreak that you've ever endured because you learned so much about you. Um, I was on my phone. I was on LinkedIn and some profile came up. This is a profile of somebody that I dated in the past. I'm like, how did they even get up here? Right. And I looked and I said to myself, it's always like that when you're in a certain season of your life and things are happening it's always a reminder something will happen and be like don't do that don't go there don't cut that off like make sure that you keep yourself grounded and I feel like this last couple of weeks have been lessons lessons about how much anything in your life is going to be able to anchor you and your future self will thank you I'm sitting here washing dishes this week and thinking to myself thank you lord Thank you, God, for the wisdom that I didn't even know I even possessed. I didn't have no reason for being in that class. Why was the reason? What if that was just to help me in the future? Because who would have known that I was going to be in an accident that literally took, it literally took me to learn all over again how to do the bare bone basics. When I tell you I couldn't half wash my behind, I couldn't do my hair, I couldn't, you know, when you don't have the access of your one arm, you don't even walk right. I know it's your arm and it ain't your leg and it ain't your foot, but I promise you, you do something to that arm and sometimes you don't even walk right. I had to learn how to eat correctly, even though it wasn't my dominant arm. It's still, you need that extra arm. You need this. That's why you got two. You got two legs, two feet. You got these things. And what about the people who don't have that on a, on a regular basis? People who are born and don't have those things, right? Everybody learns how to be anchored in the things that are happening around them. And so during that time, and I'm thinking about all of this this week while I'm washing some, you know, humbly washing dishes because, you know, those ha things have to be done. How much of an anchor that having that class put into place, it was the safety rod between me feeling like I was going to have to just come out of school altogether or having to start all over or having to take that semester off. In hindsight, I probably should have taken that semester off just to give my body time to adjust to the fact that, again, I'm a college student with one arm. At this point, I cannot use and have the, 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 the being of my second while I'm in physical therapy. I'm supposed to be out here partying. I'm supposed to be out here getting my drink on. I'm supposed to be out here doing living my life, but I have no access to my left arm whatsoever. But this class that I took, it was put into place so that even though I felt like I had was a failure, I literally felt like I had failed. 
And I know that makes no sense because obviously I could not have determined that accident. Like my husband at the time, my boyfriend at the time, who's my husband now, could not have determined that accident in any capacity. Who would be thinking that? But it was that anchor that helped so that, again, I might have had to hustle a semester by doing the whole summer, but I didn't have to do. I did one summer. I did almost a year's worth of work. But I knew how to do it. I knew how to focus. I knew how to get it done because if you can take a graduate level class as a freshman, first year student and first semester student, you can do anything. That's how I was able to take 19 credit loads because that freshman you know, graduate class in that freshman year, it literally gave me the segue of how to study, how to do my work, how to be organized, how to be prepared. Those things helped. Even though I was a straight A student before I came to Penn State, it had nothing to do with learning how to basically put my life into play, how to really buckle down and get that lesson in there because it was in that blessing that literally blessed me for the rest of the time that I was at Penn State. I honestly am telling you right now, I wouldn't have been the class of 2003. I would have been the class of 2004. And although there's nothing wrong with me having to do another year, it just wasn't in my heart's desire. But the ability that I knew to work hard and to do whatever had to be done, it was there. And it's those types of lessons that I know will help me and the things that I have going on now. Listen, I don't know what type of week you had. I don't know where your mental health is. I know that for me being in with seizure depression, I am knocking at the door to spring. Like, please let spring drop, drop it now drop it because mentally when spring comes you do get a sense of renewal you do get a sense of happiness you do get a sense of like thank you lord we're in a new season of my life and i can let go and shed some of this dead winter weight i promise you i cannot wait for spring to come but i also believe in having spring moments now in my life because it doesn't mean that everything is perfect or in place because let me just tell you it ain't it it ain't and as I, you know, continue this journey, I will always talk about those moments that I've learned, but those anchors, that anchor, that one anchor would speak to me almost 20 something years later to remind me. And I wanted to share that lesson with you that regardless of the things that we have going on, there are always a way of protection. You will always have some level of protection. And even the things that you've made the most obscene mistakes that don't make not a lick of sense that you knew better for sure. I promise you that in the end, it will work out for your good. So if your week has been crazy like mine, if you are struggling with your mental health, you're not really sure how to put two thoughts together and it seems like you're all over the place, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and remember the anchor. Take a deep breath and remember that you're worthy and take a deep breath to remember that even though it feels like the worst pain in your whole soul, that you will make it through anything that comes your way. And if you need that assistance, I want you to get that assistance, whether that's in the form of therapy, whether that's in the form of talking to someone that you trust, whether that's in for in the form of increasing your self-care, acupuncture, all those things help you when you're dealing with mental health and you have so many things on your plate. I want you to go ahead and be accepting that there's, there's nothing wrong with getting that extra help. Use your anchor. When something looks crazy and it doesn't look like it's going to lie, remember, you cannot lose. Even when you lose, I'm telling you, I have made some major losses in life. And I mean some major ones. Some of them I think about to this day. But when I do think about those alleged those losses, what I also remember is that I'm loved. What I also remember that is that I've learned the lesson that I can make it through. What I've also remember is that again, Everything that concerns me, everything that concerns me will work out for my good. So 
I don't know who needs to hear this. And maybe if you're listening to this, I just want you to know there's never a mistake as to why you're listening. There's never, never, never a mistake. If you tuned in today, it's because you needed this message. But I also want you to do me a favor. I want you to share this message with someone else. I want you to leave a comment and review this um, episode or this podcast in general, wherever you're listening. And I promise you, I promise you nothing but the best success for you in your future. And I thank you for listening to this particular episode of Conversations with Toy. Don't forget your anchor. Remember, everything always has a sense of working out. And no matter how many mistakes you made, I promise you, I am walking every day as the billboard for failure into successes because I feel like my life has been that. I started off in the beginning of my life being the most successful, always getting straight A's, always doing it right. And then God said, let me just show you, hold, let me, hold on to your communion. Let me show you that at some point, regardless of all the work that you do, you're going to need some type of anchor that's going to hold you in the times when you things aren't going to be as perfect as you want it to be. And I'm living proof that even in the midst of the most tumultuous situations, it will, life will have a way of anchoring you. So please take that encouragement today. Take that encouragement and apply it to wherever you need it to. And maybe you're thinking life is grand for you. Now, I promise you, if you live just a little bit, like the old people would say, you're going to need to remember this lesson. Don't forget your anchor. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.